Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Ozporn podcast. Today we've got Charlie Ford on set. She is a blonde all-Australian Queenslander who has really exploded into the industry a few years ago. Since joining or since debuting, I guess, she has won the 2021 Australian Newcomer Porn Star of the Year. She's received an AVN nomination for Best International Lesbian Scene, a Berlin New Stars TV Award in 2019, Best Deep French Kisser, Deep French Kisser in 2018, as well as an art prize by Feck Erotica. She has created her own website, charlieford.com, and has produced for a number of international companies and has recently been picked up and sold on multiple large international distribution companies such as Adult Empire, Erica Lust and Hot Movies. So without further ado, here's Charlie Ford. Hi, Charlie. Hi. I just found a pube on my head <laughs> just as you finish. That's awkward. I don't even have any. I think that's a good luck thing, isn't it? Like um, an eyelash. Maybe. <laughs> that's such a Charlie welcome as well to be like, I have a pube on me. Where did it come from? It's really nice to have you on the show today. I'm so excited. I loved listening to your one with Nova oh, and paying yay. attention. Oh, that makes me so fuzzy. Yeah. So how's your morning been? It's been Good, yeah. What's it's been do? boring. Oh, I yeah. just had a coffee, bought cannolis, like I always do every time I come to see you. <laughs> I'm becoming the cannoli queen and then came here. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so for those, who, for those who don't know Charlie Ford, you're a pretty, you know, big up and coming starlet, I would say, in the Australian industry. It doesn't feel like it. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's so hard being in Australia because you don't have easy access to the rest of the world where porn is predominantly shot. So I don't think it's easy to say I feel like a big up and coming person when I'm still in Australia, you know, but I'm doing my best from across the pond. (laughs) (laughs) And I always feel really good when people say that because it's validation that people like what I'm putting out in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've shot for, I think, everyone in Australia now except for, I guess, Aussie Felicia Queen. Yeah, they've tried to book me a few times and it hasn't worked out okay. for different reasons. And COVID put like a big spanner in the works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I've been overseas just recently shooting with a bunch of people, which was really wild and yeah, very yeah. different to Australia. <laughs> so different. Um, had such a blast. Um, and now I'm back, but hopefully not for too long. Yeah, yeah. Look, we're going to have a chat about that in a minute. But I did want to ask you, how did you get a start in the porn industry? I had a friend who um, shot for companies uh, in Australia and she suggested that I should try it. 
And I remember being so terrified to do it, but I was also very open. Um, And I went away and I thought about it for a solid year because, you know, you're putting your body on the internet naked for the rest of time. Like when I'm 70 years old, that video will most likely still be there. (laughs) And so I thought I need to make sure that I'm really okay with it before I kind of jump in because it really is like a big jump. And then like a year went by and I went, let's give it a crack. And I haven't really looked back. I just found I loved it and I was good at it. So I was like, oh, happy days. Sick. If my calling is porn, so be it. (laughs) Not everyone's, but it might be mine. (laughs) What was the first company that you shot for? Abby Winters. Of course, Abby Winters. Who else would it be in Australia? (laughs) Um, Is there, like, since you've been doing porn, do you think there's a big difference for you between the way you have sex in porn and the way you have sex in your personal life? I think porn helped me a lot, honestly. Like, I... I'm so much more vocal during sex now than I ever was before. I love dirty talk and I'm quite good at dirty talk and I bounce a lot off when other people are there. Sometimes when I'm on my own and I'm just talking to a camera, it's hard because there's no um, like, you know, serves back and forth between people. But when I'm with a person, I just... I just can't help it now. It's like word vomit coming out of my mouth. Because <laughs> you talk continuously <laughs> in I your scenes. Tr- <laughs> I know. I need to learn to rein it back a little. There's a couple of times where I've watched my videos back and I've gone, fuck, I kind of just like went a little bit too far there. <laughs> there was one I did with Zawadi on my site and when I watched I'm like, Charlie, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, but I think that I've gotten the fine line now most of the time because – Especially when you look at porn that comes out of Europe and things like that, a lot of people can't speak English or don't know how to speak English comfortably and so they don't talk a lot in porn. And that's why you do see a lot of porn where the girls are quite silent and are just moaning and things like that. And I just think it's so much fun to talk shit. (laughs) Like I joke while I'm fucking. There was a scene that I did for legal porno that I think you've seen the clip for where I'm like egging someone on to choke me harder um it's just like it just gives it another level I love it I think it's a lot more present you know and you can see that you're enjoying yourself and I think when you're looking at a video if no one's talking all you see is what you're seeing on the camera but when you start talking you can talk about how you feel you can be telling people what to do to you you smell so good like you're bringing in all these other senses and so it puts people more in the moment with you and that's what I really like about it that's why I do it a lot how did you get good at doing dirty talk because I know in my personal life I'm horrific at dirty talk (laughs) and when I direct girls to dirty talk try and dirty talk (laughs) me now give me like (laughs) give me just like 20 seconds yeah, look at that <laughs> pussy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I like having sex now. <laughs> Is this good for you? <laughs> You're the consensual dirty talker. <laughs> I think I have like three things that I say just on on loop and it doesn't matter what the response is. I'll just repeat myself. Yeah, <laughs> I used to do that. I think my thing was I started just – because a lot of people don't know how to dirty talk, so you can't even necessarily learn easily off – like I couldn't learn off the people around me. No. So I started just talking about that feels really good or I would give instructions or where your fingers are. That's so hot. I love your fingers inside me. You smell so good. And I would just talk about what was happening to me 
And then I started being a bit bossier. I'm like, I'm a bit bossy during sex because I want someone to get me off. And people don't know how to get me off unless I tell them. <laughs> so I started telling people what to do. And it's like accidentally becoming dominant and dirty talking without intending to. And then I watched it back and was like, that's actually really hard. Let's keep doing that. <laughs> Would you say you're more dummy or more submissive? Oh, I'm totally submissive. Huh. People don't see that. I think because when I shoot with people often, I get ideas in my head as to what would look cool. I'm constantly thinking about what's going to look amazing for the person watching and what's going to feel amazing as well. And so I'll give directions and people often kind of get thrown by that and then they take it as domination or people don't really know what to do or they don't know how to position themselves. So I'll position them because I'm just like weirdly very acutely aware of what's happening around me and what people are doing and then it comes across really dominant um but I I don't mean to be (laughs) I think you're a very dominant person outside of sex Mm. I think oh maybe not dominant is the right word I think I'm assured yeah (laughs) yeah I think you're a person who knows what they want like a very type a personality Mm. And I think I'm very much like that in my life as well. <laughs> mm, maybe that's why we love each other so much. <laughs> maybe. <it is. laughs> um, but you're you're very active on Twitter and social media, with I guess you know where where porn is now, and with you casting people now. Do you think like how much of a role do you think Twitter plays in that? Oh, it's a big role. Like I really rely on social media to find new people. It's so hard. Um, It's not like there's agencies in Australia like overseas where you can go to an agent and say, hey, I need this kind of a person for this video. And then they just like hand them to you on a silver platter. Like you don't have that experience in Australia. So I rely on referrals. I rely on seeing people that I like the look of and I just cold contact and cross my fingers. So it's much more common to get no's, I guess, doing it that way. Um, and then that is, the community as well is just so small in general because Australian porn industry in general, when you compare it to other places in the world, it's big for Australia, but it's small on the grander scale. And so it's very easy to like shoot with a bunch of people and then you don't have any new people in that space to kind of contact and you're looking for new people who might be interested. So it's tricky, but yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's not like you can put out the... Well, anyone who lives in Melbourne will recognise the flyers. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Just how uh, the two companies in Australia who, I guess, have active production going, they find new talent by putting flyers, very vague flyers. Vague modelling flyers. (laughs) What about that time you told me about a time once that um, you heard about a girl who turned up and her mum or her grandma was with her for the... No, so... a. An old, old Italian woman called me up after seeing one of those flyers saying that her granddaughter, who was, I think, 22, was interested in a modelling career. <laughs> and I wasn't going to tell this elderly, elderly woman who was poor. I was like, just get your granddaughter to call me back. And she did and was mortified and told us that her grandma is a very, very religious woman. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. I wonder, I wish I could be a fly on the wall for when she went back and told Nan. Nan, you like nominated me for porn. Or like, <laughs> let's just not talk about it anymore. Like, <laughs> She'd be like, why didn't you take up? It's such a great opportunity. And she'll be like, don't bring it up. 
That's a scene, I reckon. That could be a fun scene. Oh, yeah, lock that one in my head. I'm constantly locking away ideas. Yeah, something gilf, religious gilf related. There's some hot gilfs in Australia as well that are filming at the moment. I could totally get on board with that. Mm, there's something I think just very striking about older women. Oh, hell yeah. And it's so fascinating. I think like as society, we kind of like look at older people as being these people with no sexual drive and they're not like sexy to look at. You know, once you're over a certain hump, you know, that's the end of your sex life. And I love girls because they're just like, no, fuck you all. I'm going to have sex if I want. I'm going to have sex with the young guys if I want. And I'm going to fucking enjoy myself. Thank you very much. That's very Madonna-esque. Love it. I hear in the nursing homes, all they do is fuck. Like they yeah. need to like pry them off each other. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that as well. But I'm I mean, if it. you had nothing else to do in a nursing home other than watch TV or fuck, what would you choose to do? I know what I'm, I'm determined yeah. to be the crazy grandma. <laughs> I'll be like, when I'm older, I'll be like, when I was young, <laughs> I pole danced and I shot porn and I'll be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Time but then to I'll go show to them the videos. <laughs> Do you think, like, you know, the whole Twitter pile on, do you think it's worse in the Australian porn, in like Australian porn Twitter? I think so. Yeah. I'm very afraid of Twitter. I'm not super mm-hmm. active of it because of my deep fear of Twitter. Yeah. But I have managed a company's Twitter before that wasn't the most popular company. So I was, our com- like, our Twitter was on the receiving end of some pile ons. That was very scary. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't blame you. I'm a little scared sometimes as well, which is why I keep to myself these days and I try not to talk about personal shit on social media. But I haven't worked out yet what it is about the Australian industry that makes it so different to overseas. Like, let's not say that overseas are total angels either when it comes to social media. No. There's, there's definitely instances where people get piled on or red lettered because they've done X, Y or Z, but it seems to be a lot more prevalent in Australia, and I don't know why, but there's this very strong competitive vibe underrunning our industry. And I don't know if it's because we're really far away and we have to fight a lot harder to be seen in the world. So there's a little bit maybe more jealousy if other people are doing things that they would want to do, uh, or if it's just because our industry in general tends to make quite a lot of money in other alternative um realms of the adult industry and maybe that leads to a sense of entitlement for some people and feeling like they deserve I I don't know what it is it drives me insane though so I'm the same I'm scared I stay away (laughs) yes it's a very very scary place what do you think it is I'm curious on what you think I'm not sure I think maybe size has something to do with it and maybe how isolated the Australian industry is because the European industry and the American industry do cross quite a lot whereas the Australian industry doesn't maybe that's got something to do with it maybe the tall poppy syndrome has something to do with it I think when I go overseas and I'm filming as well it feels so much more like a job than it does here like you arrive on set you do your job you're someone who's being hired to do something and very much feels that way and you go home afterwards and in Australia it feels almost more hobby-esque because there's not a lot of major companies to work for here so you don't have that same feeling sometimes of a professional set. It's a lot of people making their own content together and so I think perhaps 
because we don't have we, – it's very difficult to be a careerist in porn from Australia. Perhaps that's kind of where oh, it, some of it, that comes from as well. It doesn't exist. Like when you fill out your tax form here, when you shoot porn, you do need to tick um, in the pursuit of a hobby because mm. you can't – if you're – Working through Australian tax in porn, you can't earn more than ten thousand dollars. Yeah, ten or eleven thousand somewhere. Around yeah, there. so I guess it's impossible to work full time in anything that you only earn ten grand a year in. Yeah, so I think then when you're not looking at it as a job per se, because you can't look at it as a job because your government won't allow it to be a job, I can see why it would be much easier to feel like very affronted if people did things to you or and, and you know our industry in general is still so misunderstood like we've made some wild jumps recently with decriminalization of sex work in Victoria and the classification system supposed to be up for review at some point in the near future um, but there's still a long way to go in that and just having a government not necessarily support you by having laws that protect you or allow you to do something automatically like I know that makes me feel more entitled if someone gives me shit for doing porn or being in the sex industry I'm like fuck you (laughs) like I I get entitled you know I think it's human nature I wonder if the same kind of regulations and laws that surround porn in the US or Europe or you know these hotspots that the industry thrives I wonder what our industry would look like if it was here it's so – I would love to see it one day. I think the reality is it's at least 10 or 20 years away. I don't see it coming anytime soon. I think our government, for all of our talk of being a very open and free and, you know, positive country, we're very backwards and conservative in a lot of ways and our government is going to take time to get to the same place as the rest of the world when it comes to porn. So I think give it a decade or two and then let's see. <laughs> I would like to clarify, it's not illegal to shoot porn in Australia. There's funny grey areas around distribution. Yes. Yes. So it's all a little bit. But that's what makes it so complicated for companies to then Mm. choose to come be here because they're like, well, I don't even understand the laws. So why would I take my company there if I might get sued? If I might get charged, I might get sued. Like it's easier to just not be in Australia. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a shame because you can do it. So. I, that's why I do a lot of outreach to companies overseas and I try to produce as well as model. Um, I just did one recently with a British company called Thousand Faces, which was really pretty. It looked very pretty. Yeah, and there's nothing more fun than watching a guy being fisted in the ass. Like, <laughs> it was so much fun. That was a very fast fisting. It was. Well. I don't know if it was edited that way, but it was very fast fisting. It was very fast. Yeah, I'm impressed. I want him to teach me. <laughs> Friedrich, your booty is wild. Show me your inner secrets. So with producing, you've created a website, which is charlieford.com. Yes. Why create a website instead of like a fan site? I just get very nervous about giving the control to another company as to what's allowed on my site and what I can or can't do on it. And I looked at OnlyFans. I used to have an OnlyFans, but there's a lot of very specific rules and there was a period where OnlyFans went, oh, we're just going to like stop providing services to people in regards to sex work. And how long did that last? It lasted like no time. (laughs) I think the next day even they wrote a statement being like, don't worry, we're back. But I still think that OnlyFans has numbered days because they have so much pressure from um, companies that they have to answer to like MasterCard and Visa and also governmental laws change all the time. So I think OnlyFans 
as much as I love it and I still use it, I use it as a traffic generator to my own site. And I think of OnlyFans as the small fish and my website's the big fish. Um, but it's really hard to do that. My website, I worked it out the other day. I've got 83 videos and a thousand, over a thousand photos on there. Each video costs me a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars is like the kind of average to make. So I've spent a house deposit on my wow. website by the time I'm done. That's nuts. Yeah. That is I only did the math the other day and I was like, I'm f- fuck. <laughs> I could have been settled by now. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. it's not for everyone. And you really have to understand where to find sales and money if you're going to go down that road because it's a big game when you start playing in the pool of companies. Well, it's creating a, a business, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With- I'm about to have someone be my first like on the books person and it's so fucking exciting but also so it feels so weird to be organizing work cover and to be like thinking about the fact that I'll be paying super soon for someone I'm like whoa that is very exciting yeah I'm very excited to see what your site's gonna look like in a year's time I know right it's gonna be wild um on that your site got nominated recently for an AVN didn't it yes I was shocked yeah so the AVNs are like the Oscars of porn and I have only been producing for a bit over a year. So I was definitely wasn't expecting it. So when I had one nominated for um, Best International Lesbian Scene. Um, it was just a little round of applause for you. Thanks. <laughs> um, I was really shocked by it. Um, and Olive was an executive producer and contributed financially to the video. And Black Cube Imagery was someone that I was working with really regularly at the time who helped to make it beautiful. It was really beautiful. Yeah. And I just, I found the perfect house. I had the perfect concept. It took a lot of work to, for on my side and the production side to make that video happen, but I was so happy with how it looked. And it's very um, humbling to be nominated for an AVN so quickly out of the gate. I was really happy Absolutely. with that. Absolutely. With, um, with creating your own website, how have you found, you know, not just the casting and, you know. It's fucked. Just in general, it's fucked. <laughs> I love it. I'm a workhorse and I love a challenge of trying to be organized and, um, but, you know, like it's such a unique area. It's not like even when I go to find a location, I'm not just looking for an Airbnb. I have to find an Airbnb and then convince that owner to allow me to shoot porn in it. <laughs> how oh, many so people? You, you tell all your Airbnb people you're shooting porn. Yeah. In. And how many people do you know who would allow that from a total stranger to be done in the house. Like it takes a lot of um, really careful communication. I have my script down pat that I kind of use to talk to people. I always have permission because I remember one time we shot this beautiful like six-person orgy in this house and then maybe I want to say like three or four months after that (laughs) someone tagged me on Instagram and I watched this video and it was this girl and she was like, this is my friend's house and we've eaten dinner at this table and it was my orgy on Pornhub and I was like oh my god and thank Christ that like parents had known that I had shot there because I always ask for permission but it was like my lesson that I stored in my head I was like thank Christ you did this properly because that would have been very expensive and very awkward. See we like the company that I've worked one of the companies I've worked for we shoot at Airbnbs quite often we do not tell them that we're shooting porn, or I think maybe they do now. But at the time we weren't. I think, I think that people learnt from me. I think a lot of people saw that <laughs> video and they were like, fuck, <laughs> the world is small. 
Well, there was one place we were shooting at and the the owner turned up oh, about 10 minutes before the model was due to turn up and we had said that, you know, when you Airbnb message someone being like, I'm coming to the city to stay here. And it was just like I'm looking for somewhere to you know, get away from my house to do some work with my friend. Yeah. <laughs> and he turned up and it was – did yes. you have all the equipment and stuff already we had, there? We had all the equipment, everything was set up and we had to like quickly hide all these dildos and <laughs> lubes and he was a really funny guy and he was just standing in the kitchen and he was it's like one of those Airbnbs that had post-it notes on like everything being like, don't touch this, like oh, please Lord. don't drink this water. So the ideal owner to just walk in. Yeah, and he started complaining to us about someone that had rented out his Airbnb and had thrown a party and saying that when his, like, wife convinced him to rent out this place, he didn't want to because he didn't want people he didn't know in his house. (laughs) But also don't turn up to your Airbnb. I feel like if you're turning up to your Airbnb unannounced, something's wrong and you shouldn't be on that app. That's the thing. That's the thing. And we... Like, you, you don't want to say, please leave immediately. Fuck off, I want to shoot porn now, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we also couldn't, like, like we were just in this fucking situation where we were just waiting for this model to knock on the door and be like, hello, I'm here for the shoot. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, it was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. Did he leave in time? He did. I think he left, like, his car left as her car pulled up. <laughs> I feel I feel relief for you. Yeah, I think I threw up just... <laughs> Anxiety in- throws. <laughs> yeah, just an instant nosebleed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did want to chat to you about the leap between the Australian industry and the European industry that you've recently done. Mm. I don't know anyone else who's done that off the top of my head. I'm sure there probably is. There's a girl that um, called Atlantis Deep who I think she's based in the UK and travels a lot to Europe. Okay. Um, so I know she shoots a bit there, but I don't know any – like there's obviously people like Savannah Bond and Angela White who went to America. Yeah. I don't know personally of many Australians that have done the whole Europe side. I think Sterling Cooper might have been there periodically but oh, not settled. Sterling Cooper did a lot of shoots over yeah. there and then went to America But as I don't well. think he was ever located there or worked there – I think Full he time, was. Maybe. I think he was. Okay, there you go. So yeah. there's been a few, but it was it was very different and very fun, and it just kind of made it feel more like a career for me. But it was also nice because up until that point, I hadn't worked as if it was a career for me. And going over there, it was like a big test to go: Is this really what I want to do for the rest of my life? Do I love this? Do I want to like? quit my day job and do this full time because that's something I have to think about because I do have a day job and um I went over and just had so much fun and was like actually I'm and I had such good feedback like Rocco so Freddie called my agent at the time and was like she's fantastic (laughs) and I was like okay I think this is where I'm supposed to be and that's such a nice feeling to feel like you found your place and you can just finally start getting settled and like push a bit harder in that direction What would you tell someone who was working in the Australian industry and wanted to work in Europe? I think you need to approach um, shooting porn from a real professional standpoint. And it's hard when you don't have a lot of companies to teach you how to do that. But so often I meet people, like I just met a friend the other day who was talking about problems that he had creating content 
where he was like, let's just catch up first and see how it goes. And then they shoot together. The number of people who don't know about their legal paperwork that are required, 2257s, um, like age verifications, taking photos of passports, um, you know, it's – I think you need to understand your legal situation first and protect yourself first and foremost. And there's a lot of sites out there these days that'll walk you through what you need to look after yourself. But then think of it like a job. You know, you're not just turning up and fucking on camera, not thinking about where your camera is or like you need to think about your audience and what they kind of want to see. They're the camera. So think about the camera. How are you going to open up to the camera so that they can see more? How are you going to make that person feel like they're a part of that video? Um, Because there's no point going to Europe and working as a careerist if you don't have that down pat first. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. How... What was the main difference you found between working for a European company that's, I guess, a bit more hardcore compared to working for an Australian company? Um, It was a lot more of a work day. So like you turn up on set, um, they have a driver drive you to your shoot, usually like an Uber. Um, You get your hair and makeup done. And then it is very much a professional set with professional lighting and videographers. Um, Sometimes I met the other talent beforehand. Sometimes I didn't. Sometimes I knew it was going to happen in the scene. And a couple of times I didn't. And those were pretty wild scenes. I turned around to them afterwards and was like, you probably should have told me about this beforehand. Um, And then you go home like it's it's um, very like nine to five in a way. It was oh yeah yeah, which is really unusual. I, like I didn't expect to come back and feel like I was saying that. Yeah, yeah, because I guess for I'd say a girl girl here, you'd start your day at what eleven o'clock and finish at four. Yeah, but I guess here you might do that once every few months maybe with a company Um, whereas over there I was working every other day or every day sometimes I remember shooting like three anal scenes back to back and just praying for my asshole (laughs) like I was so worried about it had my first hemorrhoid ever in my life after the third (laughs) one I remember calling you and being like what do I do (laughs) I nearly sent you a photo I'm so glad I didn't get that crazy you had sent me a photo I love looking at pictures of people's hemorrhoids I had such a horrific hemorrhoid after I gave birth and after that I just need to feel better about it. (laughs) (laughs) Next time. There'll be a next time. Don't worry. You're my hemorrhoid queen. How did you recover your... Your asshole from <laughs> from the pounding it got. You know, it was mostly the ice that you told me to do. Oh, Sitting yeah. on ice was like the best thing for it. I did get hemorrhoid cream, but I don't feel like it really helped that much. And then, like, I have a background as a veterinarian, so I, which I've never talked about before. Um, this is my day job. So I have a background in drugs and medicine and I looked into what hemorrhoid creams actually do, their mechanism of working, and I was like, I mean, it might help, but it's not really the thing that's going to make this better. And I just left my poor little ass alone, like I pushed it back in and just left it be. You did push it back in. I was never brave enough to do that. Mine was a baby one though, so it was fine. Mine was a a large grape. (laughs) I think the other thing with Europe is the stuff that's filmed as you mentioned it just then like hardcore scenes like European porn in general is so hardcore Mm. and I did not realize how hardcore I was going to film until I really got there and worked with certain companies and just built a bit of a reputation. At what stage when you were drinking think piss out of that had been pushed that had been peed into your gaping asshole and then pushed out into a glass 
drinking that. Yeah. Was that the stage that you thought, oh, maybe this is a bit hardcore? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I still remember that was one of the shoots as well that they didn't really give me warning before the shoot. You know, legal porno do pee scenes anyway, so I knew pee was coming and I wasn't too worried about that. But I remember he they stopped like they did a hard cut and then he went, okay, thick Russian accent. Next, the boys are going to piss into your asshole and you're going to push it out <laughs> into this cup and then you're going to drink it. And I was just like, <laughs> okay. Because you drank. <laughs> Maybe you should have told me. You drank a lot of piss a when lot. you were over there. It's di- it's. Wi- It depends on the company, though, as to how they like to prep for it. So with legal porno, they make those poor boys, and they made me do it for a squirt scene. You drink so much water, you feel just like a little water balloon, like a little water bed. That's very thoughtful, though. Mm, Yeah, but... Some people will also take tablets to help them pee more, which can affect your kidneys. So there's this whole other undercurrent of, like giving your health for the job um and then you just like the boys would have to pee three times in the space of an hour or so you try and pee that much in an hour like (laughs) maybe when you were pregnant you did it but before that (laughs) it's not a thing does it like make you feel sick when you drink all that pee because that's with that's, legal, a, that's a large amount of urine to ingest. It is. A lot of it kind of trickles down your face and stuff. I and I, do, I do swallow the pee, so I, like I'm actively trying to like take it in. It didn't make me feel sick with legal porno because it's so watered down. It kind of just tastes like almost like water. Okay. It's almost like green tea water. It's like a slightly tangy kind of taste. But then there was another company I worked for and the guy just like refuses to drink water before the scene because he thinks it should be authentic. And that was a, <laughs> that was a really hard one for me. Like I don't mind drinking pee, but the taste was so different and I'd never drunk concentrated pee before and it was very concentrated. And I remember holding it together so well for filming and I drank it and I was fine. But I just remember walking to the shower and I was trying so hard to be professional and not make a sound. But the second I hit the shower, I was gagging. I just like, couldn't take it. It was we- it was really frustrating because I wanted to be that person who like, it was fine. I can do anything. But it was it was a tough act to swallow, literally. I can, I can imagine that. I can imagine that. Yeah. Now, do you think there's been like a link between you working as a vet and working in porn? Like, I guess being a vet you'd be around a lot of fluid yeah I think it, in some ways it might work to my disadvantage like because I've spoken about this before in some places but I used to be a physio before I was a vet so I would deal with people in hospitals so you'd have people having accidents while you were walking them and things like that and it I spoke about this a lot with Rocco actually and we talked a lot about shit play when I was um <laughs> like um you know filming with Rocco Sofredi over in Budapest and he was like, I, do you like it? Do you do it? Like, where are your limits? And I was like, I, I mean, I've never done it before, but I've seen so much shit in my life <laughs> that I think it's kind of like pushed me the opposite direction. I don't think that, you know, overexposure is great for that kind of a thing. <laughs> I think the more you're exposed to it, the more you're like, oh, maybe this isn't like really what I want to do particularly because you tend to see that stuff with like people or animals that are really unwell. So it's not necessarily (laughs) like the kind of poop that you would normally play with. So it definitely, yeah, I, it pushed me away from doing it. Yeah. A really close friend of mine is a ED nurse and I thought she would have like no squeamish factor at all when I talked about her, about porn with her. 
and she was like really funny about like pussy fingers and she was really funny Hmm. about me making sure that everyone had washed their hands before touching anything in my house. <laughs> and That's like, so funny. It was really funny. But it's not like an itty nurse would necessarily touch pussies a lot. So that's really, I wonder where that comes from. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Well, I guess it's like how many like- pussy injuries actually come through ED? I'm sure there would be like a few, but it's not the same as like a car accident or a cut. <laughs> a bit different. No, I feel like there's a lot of anal accidents that would go through yeah. ED. I do enjoy all of those stories about like men in their 50s who like slipped and fell on yes. like an XXL dildo and they're like it's my wives I just fell over. When I was a physiotherapist in a country town up in Queensland I remember hearing uh, it came, all these these stories come through the grapevines in the hospital everyone hears about these people that turn up as well poor things and I remember this guy who I don't know why he decided to do it but he decided to try and stick his dick in a bull bar and then it got stuck. Oh. And then he was too embarrassed, so he left it there for days and days and days. And he didn't go to the doctor until it was black, like it was dead. And he had to be flown to a major hospital to have it amputated, basically. Oh, my God. Don't stick things in places they're not meant to be, guys, unless you're really fucking confident that you can do it. <laughs> like, be careful. I think if I had a penis, the first thing I would do is put it in a vacuum cleaner. Me too. Mm. Yeah, I reckon that would be kind of scary, though. I feel like it would be awesome. That's a pretty strong <laughs> suction, though. I don't know. It'd feel it like it was lube, ripping maybe. you off. I don't know. I used to really enjoy, like, attaching the, the vacuum onto my neck. <laughs> I reckon I'd stick my dick in a cake or something like that. When I was a teenager, my boyfriend used to um, – he used to cut a, a hole in a grapefruit but microwave it. Oh, so it's like warm yeah, and juicy. and have sex with that. And my friend's boyfriend in high school used to fuck peanut butter sandwiches. I feel like the grapefruit one would burn a little. I feel like everything would burn a little. But then also <laughs> I have a vagina. Maybe dicks aren't that sensitive to... Guys, like, can you tell us? Yeah, have you ever fucked a grapefruit? Did it hurt? Can someone do it for me and tell me? I think I would stick my dick in everything. I would love to have a penis just for like But please no week. bull bars. <laughs> yup. I don't know if, like, at the end of the week I wouldn't have a penis. I reckon I'd do some pretty risky shit with it. Mm. You could cut a hole in your mattress and line it with something and you could just fuck your mattress every night. (laughs) There are so many things you could do. (laughs) All right, let's do it then. You could dig a hole in your backyard and have sex with your backyard. You could have sex with literally anything. You really could. But the same could be said for women. I feel like I couldn't, like... I've stuck a lot of things in my pussy. Could you stick your backyard in your pussy? I mean, if I wanted to, I might get sick, but I could <laughs> if I wanted to. I feel like you couldn't, like, build a penis out of a mattress. Dicks are much Very easier easy. to clean. That's that's their main draw card is, like, you mm. could be filthy with it and you've got, like, a nice long urethra so you're not going to get a UTI from messing around too much with it, whereas women are genetically cursed with our tiny urethras and our very difficult-to-access pussies, which makes it impossible to clean. And a very close butthole. Mm. Mm. Why? It's because Eve ate the apple. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Eve. <laughs> Before she ate the apple, pussies were very, very similar to penises. She should have just stayed away. <laughs> <laughs> what an icon then. Ugh. <laughs> but back to working in Australia and working in 
Europe or the US or mm. wherever all these mainstream things are being shut now. Do you think, what do you think the Australian industry would look like if we did have that kind of element of hardcore porn shot over here? Do you think it would be possible? I think we could do it, but I just think that Australia for so long has had this niche of, I don't know how to describe it, very alternative, like even the way that our people look are very different. Um, that we have a lot of tattoos, we have a, lot, a big alt community, we've got a big kink community. Um, Do you think that's represented in Australian porn though? I feel like there's not much kinky Australian stuff being made. I think that it's represented in content creation, but there's no right, companies yeah. for people to work for that allows that to be shown. You know, groups like Girls Out West and even groups like Fellatio Queens, they, they're not necessarily open to showing on a more public scale those personalities um and it's something that i'm trying to like dig my fingers into a little bit more with my website but i think the the scene is definitely there um but i still think that our hardcore sex would still be quite different because we've had this alt kind of platform for so long you know like very stereotypical beach girl with i don't know hairy armpits and Big bush is something that for some, I don't know how we've cultivated it, but that seems to be like our MO in Australia. And it's beautiful. I love a hairy girl. Um, so hot. But I think that we would have this kind of cool mix of hardcore or mainstream mixed with that real art house kind of porn vibe, which is a cool like stepping stone, I guess. Yeah, you were gangbanged recently for – was it legal porno you were gangbanged for? Yes. Well, yeah. a few times. A few times. <laughs> yes, I had a few. Lucky me. Do you think a gangbang could work here or do you think that's just – I think that if companies learn that it's okay to shoot here and they trust in some people in Australia to help them do that, I really do think we could. I think that once companies are kind of actually reaching out to the community and looking for people, there would be more people even in the general public that would go, oh, maybe I'll give that a go. So I think it would take time, but I definitely think that it's possible. I mean, I fucked a lot of really good looking people and people with porn star dicks that you wouldn't expect to have porn star dicks in my life, even outside porn. Um, so I think that there's definitely scope for an industry to be built, but I just think, uh, it's going to be a while before companies really feel comfortable taking that leap. I think there's fuck all male performers in Australia. I think it's a huge issue we have in the industry that's been there for a really long time. What do you think the, the driving issue behind that is? Because I feel like we wouldn't actually have enough male performers for a gangbang. <laughs> I think when you go to work for a company, the company is hiring people who usually have been working for a while or can be vouched for by someone else. There's some element of a reputation there and it's shot on a professional scale. So when I turn up to work um, on set for someone like Fake Hub, I'm not sitting there wondering if that person's going to be okay to work with. But in Australia, when you don't have those companies that are arranging this and you don't have that kind of security blanket, it can be a little more scary for female performers because they yeah. don't know who they're working with. They don't know if they're going to be professional. Um, and so it's harder to put your trust in a total stranger when often it's just an Australian girl filming with an Australian guy with their phone. I think that makes it really tricky. I think because it's not a careerist kind of realm in Australia as well, it's trickier just from a sense of performance. Like I was shocked in Europe how many people use Viagra. It's not necessarily a 
bad thing, although long-term effects of Viagra have been pretty well documented and a lot of these guys make their peace with the fact that their job might affect them later on, which I find fascinating. Um, but everyone injects their dicks almost. I like Oh, injections. Yeah, so they actually inject their penises. With Viagra? Yeah, wow. the hard-ons. So um, it's a very different world. And so it's much easier to do a scene in Europe because everyone can get hard Um not necessarily everyone can come and it's a very small number of people who can naturally get hard and stay hard for a film that's why people like Rocco Sofredi are so phenomenal you know when they started this wasn't really a thing so that you had to be naturally gifted at sex and performing on camera and that's why people like him did so incredibly like they just had such control of their bodies it's fucking incredible um and then fast forward to today anyone can be a porn star if they want to if they're willing to use drugs that might have some potential side effects um and i think in australia why would you want to harm yourself for the sake of a job where you're not making a huge amount of money necessarily you know like for a lot of people they don't want to take that risk i know definitely when i speak to a lot of my male performers and i don't mind if people don't use viagra there's a million ways that we can shoot a scene but um, if they're struggling, it definitely makes it, it harder to shoot and you have to be a little bit more creative about your workarounds. And I think when guys have anxiety on set and they struggle to perform, they really get in their head about it and it makes it harder and harder and then they feel defeated and don't want to come back. So I have to really be careful about how I treat my guys and really try and like nourish them and make them realize that it's okay if they struggle. We'll still have a great film. We're still going to have a great time. You don't have to worry. That's That's what my editors are for and my videographers are for and that's what I'm here for to work out a way around. You don't have to stress. Yeah, we can definitely work around a a difficulty. Flaccid. Yeah, flaccid problem. Yeah. But I think it's so psychological for men. Like if you came to a job and you and especially for men, like it's such a big part of being a man is to have a rock hard large dick. And if you find that you start to struggle of course you would think well fuck I don't want to do this for a living then if I can't actually do it or if someone posts a video and then like I've had a video posted on my site and I remember having someone review it and he was talking about how average the man's penis was and how that was refreshing and like that's real for me I love seeing that and that's really nice but to a guy who was reading that if you weren't the right personality type you could be really offended by it that's interesting I know there's such a like the body shaming of men and dick size is something that's really unfortunate that really hasn't come through with the body body positivity movement. No, it seems to have just been like left. It's kind of mm. like ignored. And it's a shame because you don't need a big dick to get someone off. And to me, an average size dick is still just as beautiful as a big dick. In fact, sometimes I find it hotter because I know that I'll be able to do whatever I want with that. I remember rocking up to my four BBC bang gang for legal porno and looking at those boys hard. And I was like, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? (laughs) My poor ass is not going to survive this. It was very daunting. And I was like, I'm a professional. I rocked up and I was just, I remember just repeating to myself, you can do this, you can do this. But that inner anxiety trying to take those dicks in my ass was like next level. Well, it's a real like athleticism to, you know, when you get into that kind of hardcore realm, you know, it is really using your body for work and it is pushing your body to you know, to some, limits. some stretchy limits. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I think that's why I love porn and I especially love hardcore because I've never really had someone in my personal life who's pushed me to my limits the way that I get pushed in those scenes. And it's fun for me. I love seeing what I can do and what my body can do. 
Um, so, and athleticism is the perfect word for it. I call porn sexual athleticism. Mm, absolutely. And I think one thing that I find very endearing about shitting with you is in porn, we edit out all farts and all queefs, <laughs> but we've never been able to edit out your queefs because you always acknowledge them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my pussy's talking. Yeah. Oh, she's talking. Oh, you're making her talk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I get so flustered in the moment when it happens and because I'm such a talker in porn now, I can't help it. I'm like, oh, hello. But it's such a fetish. Why would I want to edit out such a fetish? Like they're so hard edited out of a lot of porn. It's my niche. Wow, I'm just going to keep it. Do you find the kind of niches that you cover in the stuff that you create, is that something that you enjoy in your personal life as well? I think the things that get me off – most easily are actually very vanilla. Okay. It's not the extreme stuff that gets me off, but I like seeing what my body can do and I like seeing what something is going to make me feel. So I like toying with different things and feet and armpits and like exploring sensations. I think that's really fun and it adds like another level to sex, but it won't be the thing that gets me off. It's kind of like foreplay for me. Yeah, right. I do love watching you try and think up something like a little extra seasoning yes things i think it was just last week we put a, a stocking up your butthole yeah that was fun yeah. yeah like a little like a tail or in that joy where i um told the boys to tie a belt around their balls and afterwards <laughs> yeah. i was like i don't know if people are actually gonna enjoy that but it's in there now a little niche yeah <laughs> I just want to throw – because, like, I love watching porn, but sometimes I find that they start to feel all the same when you start watching mainstream porn. And I start yeah. watching them for the storylines more than the actual sex. So I always try to think of a way that I can spin it that's, like, different and unique and makes people think more. Yeah. What What do you want people to think about when they watch your porn? I love the tension before sex. Mm. So I try to be very conscious about my storyline and I try to give my intro a lot of time and I try to build that emotion from the beginning because if you think about what gets you turned on the most, it's not really the sex. Like the sex feels good. But it's the tease beforehand. Oh, absolutely. And the butterflies and that little bit of anxiety when you're about to be with someone or you can feel that kind of undercurrent. And you can get that across in video. So I try very hard because it's my favorite part to kind of stretch that out. What's your favorite scene that you've done? Oh, God. Um Honestly, it, I wish I could say it was one of my own for my own company, but it was that legal porno four-person gangbang. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It is like it's such a gem. I'm so proud of it. I, there's this clip that's currently saved to the very top of my Twitter and Freddie Gong is like porn royalty. He's got beautiful, dark, dark skin and he's very well known. And I remember saying to them before we started shooting, I said, you can – slap me around, do whatever you want, just don't bruise me. So I think they were all a little scared and they were going a bit easy on me. So he reached from my throat and he's starting to choke me, but it was just like a hand resting there. And I was going, that's it, choke me. And he did nothing. So I said, that's it, choke me. And he still did nothing. And I said, I said, choke me. And he still did nothing. And I said, that's not a choke, choke me. And then he just went ham. He slapped me. He started choking me, but he was pushing on me so hard that the person underneath me, bless him, Aaron, is 
a fucking angel. But I could hear him gurgling. Like he couldn't <laughs> breathe because I'm, I'm sitting on top of him. And I remember I could barely talk. But I was like, I need to tell someone that Aaron's going to die if we don't move along. <laughs> and I just remember trying to like squeak out, I think I'm going to kill Aaron. <laughs> and then we like, we just kept moving along. But Did stuff he survive? like that. He survived. Thank He's a trooper. <laughs> He's, he, he was probably, no offense to all of the other boys that I've worked with because I love all of them, but Aaron was something else to work with. Like the only male that I've seen who would notice an opportunity in a film and actively jump in to add something, like if no one was okay. playing with my clit, he would actually move in and he would do stuff to me and the things that he did added more to the film. He was very clever. I have a lot of time for that boy. Cute. Yeah. Now – before we go, I do have a bunch of questions that I like to ask everybody. Mm. So first things first, and we have chatted about this a lot, but what would you say the main difference between the Australian and the American industry is? Uh, I think that the Australian industry is a little bit more alternative um, at times cinematic there's a big amateur community which I really love because it's authentic people having authentic fucking and yes you might not get the same angles or as pretty of a camera thing but the intensity and the feelings that have been felt in those scenes are really cool and really um, real and hot so love it feels less acted it feels very authentic I think and I think that's a really lovely thing to shoot is the authenticity of, like, amateur sex. Hell yes. I'm a huge fan of it. <laughs> well, that's what you watch porn for. Um, like, for, like th- don't get me wrong. There's n- definitely fun things to be said about watching some crazy storyline and stuff, but porn was created for people to watch other people having sex, and it's really nice to, like, see sex where it looks like everyone's enjoying themselves and there's no script and there's no performance and nothing's being hammed up and it's just, like, real people fucking... That's really sweet. It feels like, I guess, like all media of everything just getting pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And now we're, you know, I guess running out of ideas a little bit of how mm. more extreme to make things now that we've gone past the rose budding. But it is nice to go back to, I guess, analog sex. Yes. <laughs> and if someone wanted to enter the Australian porn industry. <laughs> My favourite question. Where would you point them? Um... I think before they contact people to ask them to help them, I think you need to do a bit of research yourself and act like you've made an invested effort into trying to enter the industry. I get this message. I don't want to guess how many times I get this a day. Like it's insane. It's insanity. I can't help everyone. I help the people who have gone away and actively looked at the laws around film, have looked into their platforms and they know where they want to upload to. They know what kind of scenes they want to film. They've decided whether they're going to film themselves, if they've got the equipment, whether they have a vi- whether they want to use a videographer. Just do any kind of base work. I, you don't have to know everything straight away and that's what the, our community is there for then is to help teach you. But it's really hard to take someone who's literally never looked up a website and then teach them everything about porn. It's something that it's taken me three years to learn. I can't teach someone three years worth of information and from the back. And it's a lot of labour as well. Yeah. Um, and I, no one taught me. I went away and found the websites and looked it up. And there's a lot of really great porn websites there. Oh, God, I can't remember the name of the guy, so I'll try and look it up and maybe you can attach it somehow in a 
little blurby thing underneath. Oh, the perv out um, yeah. step by step. By, yeah. yeah, the step by step. Um, what was the yeah, perv out website? Yeah, Lucy, formerly Lance Hart, now Lucy yes. Hart's yes, yeah, yes. website or company. Yeah, so that's, a, that's an excellent page. I got a lot of really useful information from there, but I didn't just stop there. I like actively looked at my competition and how people were advertising and kind of mapped out my business plan before I even started. Well, it is creating a, a business, isn't it? Yeah. And what do you think the main selling point of Australian porn is? Do you think it's that authenticity that you mentioned earlier or is it the yeah. hairy armpits? No, I really do think it's the authentic sex. Yeah. I think that it's something that along the ways in mainstream porn it's lost a little bit because the acts have gotten more extreme, the storylines have gotten more extreme as people have run out of things to say and so it can feel a little more faked, which is still fun to watch. Like I said, I love watching stuff like that. But when you're wanting real, authentic fucking Australian porn, is like incredible to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And last but not least, what's your dream porn scene and who would star in Oh, it? God. If you had the, you know, the budget is limitless, you could have anyone you wanted. Uh, so when I went to Europe, I was supposed to shoot with Rocco and he bruised his hip um, like two so days before. Selfish. So Rocco, you know what? I, let's get Rocco and Nacho Fidel okay. together. Nacho scares me a bit, but I think that's why I want to film with him. <laughs> I watched this video. Rocco showed it to me and he was fucking a girlfriend of his at the time and he dragged her to the bathroom Sunk her face under the toilet bowl of water, brought her up, grabbed the bin bag, put it over her head and was doing breath play with the plastic bag. She couldn't breathe because it was sucking into her mouth. It was so insane to watch. And I just remember looking at it and being like, could I do that? (laughs) And I really want to be – I want to know where my limit is. So I would – I can't even imagine – I don't know if that's too much in one room, but Rocco and Nacho together. With the plastic bag. Over your head. It doesn't have to be that. Mm. But that was just something that I watched Nacho do and I was like, fuck, his brain is working on a whole other like plane compared <laughs> to other people that I filmed with and would I be ready for it? Yeah, I think – no, I always think I'm so like kinky and out there and then I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm full of fear. I'm <laughs> as far as women, I feel like – it's kind of it sounds very stereotypical to say Angela White, but I feel like everyone wants to see the Australians fuck each other, and I'm really curious as well because um, what, like you, Angela White, and Sabetta Bond. Just, I mean, not not. I don't mean anything bad about Savannah. Savannah's amazing, but I'm just curious. Even Angela White and I, I've been told by people that know her that we're very similar personalities in the bedroom and that we're both okay. quite dominant and we've always discussed who would be the dominant person in that situation and what would happen and what would play out because we're both quite creative and we're both very bossy so I just would I'd love to do it just to see what actually happened in it in my head I've always had this scene that I would do with Angela and it would be by a poolside and this is going to sound so fucking extravagant. I can't believe this is going to come out of my mouth. But I would get made big, like, statue kind of versions of my logo and a big statue kind of version of hers. They'd be our background. And then her and I would be standing in, like, um, leopard or tiger print kind of lingerie or bikinis, kind of, like, facing each other off, like... Um, I feel like what you've is that? really thought about this. What is that game where you fight each other... Um, Oh. And you f- 
they do this little yeah the finish them yeah yeah um, yeah yeah oh, it's annoying it me i will come back to it it'll come to me oh what is it but I imagine that kind of a vibe for the tension and I would also want us to both end up in the pool. Street fighter. Yes. <laughs> and then we. there's another one with a different name that's more popular, I think. Is it not Street Fighter with I think Chung Lee one with Street Fighter? I don't, it's, it does, people will know. They, you do like the little dances, ready. Um, <laughs> but I would want to do underwater filming as well. Okay. So we'd both like kind of like throw each other into the pool and you'd have a camera underwater. That'd be fun. Yeah. There's a uh, a pool in Hawthorne that has a little like viewing platform thing that a lot of people in Melbourne shoot underwater for. Oh, I don't cool. think anyone's shot porn in it and I don't they probably wouldn't be into it. It's but also a little tricky to get Angela White here at the moment. <laughs> now she's in America. Once you get into America, it's very hard to get out without potentially losing, you know, your visas and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's I think I have to work out a way to get to the US before I can do it. But I've just I don't know why, but I've had that in my head for the longest time. <laughs> I can that tell. very specific <laughs> intro. Yeah, the sex can come later, but the intro. That's <laughs> my favourite part. So thank you so much, Charlie. And before we head off, I did want to chat about a little about your website. Yes. So we can find your website at charlieford.com. Yes. And if anyone would like to shoot with you, how would they go about doing that? So send me an email to charlie at charlieford.com.au. .au. .au. <laughs> Let's say it again, .au. Um, and send me your name, a little bit about yourself, some photos, and we can take it from there. Cool. And are you running any membership deals or anything at the moment to join your site there was a deal if you sign up to my only fans like as a, it's a free site i periodically place um deals up there i just had one last week so there's nothing up there at the moment but i'll probably put another one up in the next month or so okay um and if you are a member i do also give out some specials i just recently gave all my members two weeks free so oh cool there's little ways to get it but you have to follow me and get to know me first get to know a girl before you <laughs> before you get i mean deals on their website i know i was about to say before you jump in bed with me but let's be honest i do that with everyone <laughs> <laughs> well thanks so much Leigh. it's always a pleasure it was fun and i miss you already <laughs> i miss you too all right bye, bye.